Yeah, we welcome Anna. Bless you. So good. Thanks, guys. Oh, how good is it to be with family? So good. And thank you, Ty, for sharing that. Um, I actually, I'm going to share something that's a little bit back to basics. So I think children's building blocks is probably a good segue. And um, basics, don't tune out if you're like, I'm a professional Christian. Um, Don't tune out because actually, um, if you look at the professionals in the sporting world, what are they doing really well? The basics. Right? If you played the same sport when you were five that you also played when you were 25, you'll remember that those drills, those first drills, dribbling around cones, kicking it in the goal at the end, that is the same thing that the the five-year-olds learn. That's the same thing the professionals are doing. They're just better at it. So as Christians, I want to take us into the Word this evening. I'm going to try and keep it super succinct for us and a little bit clear because it's going to be basic, but let's use it to build, like Ty was saying, a foundation and let's get good at it. Let's get good at the basics together. So if you want to open your Bibles or your phone Bibles to James chapter 1 or your notebooks, And let's jump in together. So James, um, I love the book of James. It's such a good, um, yeah, it's such a good hearty book that's only five chapters long. And James, or um, Jacob was his name, was actually the the half-brother of Jesus. So they would have grown up together. And if there's anyone that you want to know about, if if you want to listen to what they have to say, it's probably going to be Jesus' brother. Right? Because if you want to know what I'm really like when I'm not standing up here holding a microphone, either A, live with me, and most of you are like, no thanks, or B, talk to my sister. Because we've lived together, and so really we know what each other are really like. And so James, having grown up with Jesus, would know what Jesus is really like. So I think what he has to say would actually be quite important, right? Because he would have seen it played out firsthand. So he's a a real believer. You know, when you hear a sibling say something to someone and you're like, oh, they're twisting the truth a little bit. But James, really, if Jesus was twisting the truth on anything, he would have called him out. So James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath or anger of a man works not the righteousness of God. Therefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves." For if any of you are a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like a man who beholds his natural face in glass. For he sees himself and goes away and straight away forgets what he looks like or what type of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed." 
If any man among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. What is James saying? He's saying, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. When you hear the word spoken, there's an action that's required from you. Not just like, "Mm, good job, Anna. Like the nodding of your head is like a good step one. But it actually requires something of you, James is saying. Imagine if Jesus came to earth and said, I'm the son of God and then actually didn't heal anyone. If he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. But actually there was no outworking of what he spoke about. If he said, hey, the kingdom of heaven looks like this, but then didn't give us any actual examples and didn't show us what that was like. Jesus's ministry was so successful, if you want to use that word to, I don't know, measure it, because actually people were impacted not just by what he said, but by what he did right? Because he healed the sick. He actually went and cleansed lepers, the outcasts of society. He raised people from the dead. It would be so much more difficult to believe what Jesus said was truth if we never saw any of it in action. And if you've been a Christian for a little bit longer, maybe than a week, you will have experienced the power of God in your life. You've read the Word, You've, ag- you've accepted salvation and then you've seen His power move. We've seen His power move in our lives. God just isn't going to say something and not move. His wo- he, he, he reacts to His Word. I love people that are passionate. Have we all, do we all know someone in our lives that's just like so passionate about something Right, I think a good one for me that always comes to mind is actually soccer players, or I'm going to do a really bad English accent, football, it's called football, right? They're so passionate about soccer or football that they actually get up at like one o'clock in the morning to watch the games. Whether they go for Manchester United or Liverpool, those are the only teams I can think of. But they do, they get up early and they love to talk about it. They probably wear the the jersey t-shirt. They know the players' names. If you actually have ever encountered two passionate soccer watchers on a day that the game has been played, so like, let's say, for example, the game was 1am this morning and you become part of a conversation with two soccer players. It doesn't matter which team they went for. They're going to be like, did you see the game? Yep, did you see the game? That goal. Oh, that goal. Oh, that goal. And if you're standing there and you didn't watch the game, you're like, what is happening? Oh, did you say yes? Oh, and then he, and oh, and there's no, like they're so passionate and they know exactly what the other person's talking about because they just know that they watch the game and they just have this passion and it's almost inspiring, but they're obsessed. It's crazy. No offence if you like soccer, that's fine. But there's the passion, it, it leaks through it. it. There's something that they love about soccer that makes them want to get up in the middle of the night and watch the games. I actually um, dated a guy briefly that was so passionate about something that it literally, like, it just took over him. He, um, you might know some people that are into a sport like this. It's called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
And he didn't just, um, you know, like get a membership and go like once a month and was like, oh, yeah, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He went like five days a week or like maybe it was seven days a week. And he didn't just go to classes, but he also like taught the kids' classes. And then he wanted he would go to like the national, the world championships, like interstate, like literally go to LA to watch the world championships of this and like followed the people on Instagram and like had all the special robe things. And also um, there's something about people that do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that they actually just want to recruit everyone to the sport everyone which is fine but honestly it was lack of religion to him he was so committed to it nothing was more important than being at training nothing like it was an it was literally like it became his religion and you know that's great for the soccer players all the soccer watchers, and that's great for the Brazilian jiu-jitsuists. <laughs> but what about Christians? Because it's so easy to get a membership to the gym, but if you actually go, I'm going to see a change in you, Right? There's a difference between someone who has a gym membership, the pass that gets you into the gym. There's a difference between those people and the people that actually go on a regular basis. And if you meet someone right at the beginning of their journey of like hitting the gym and then you see them six months later and they've been hitting the gym, you're actually going to see a change in them, a physical change in them. They're going to be stronger They're probably going to talk a little bit about the gym and protein shakes and protein bars and their gym bag. But what about Christians? Because if you call yourself a Christian, you've got the membership card. You received it. It was free. Free for you. Cost Jesus a lot. But are you passionate about what you believe to be true? Is there any action that has been taken on your behalf? This doesn't, I don't want this to be like condemning, like you should go to church every day of the week. I don't even think we're open every day of the week here. We are. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't like a, you guys need to come to church more and I'm like checking who was here last week. No, this is like, I just want to encourage you guys because the Lord has actually been speaking to me about this. So ultimately, if none of you were here, I'd probably stand here and preach this to myself because I've been a Christian a long time and I want to know, Anna, has this actually impacted your life to the point where A, you're passionate about it and B, I'm doing something. I've moved from not just hearing the Word, which is so important, but actually moved over to the point where I'm actually doing something about it. And this isn't a works message. I'm not telling you that you have to do something to please the Lord. Because no, and as Sim said earlier, this is about rest. We enter into His rest. The Bible talks about it in the end of Hebrews chapter 3 and the beginning of Hebrews chapter 4. He said that we actually need to labour. The only thing we need to be labouring to do as Christians is to enter into the rest. 
The Israelites, unfortunately, when they were in the desert, they'd come out of Egypt. 12 spies were sent into the promised land. 10 of them came back and said, can't be done. Two of them said it can. And God wanted them to go into the rest, into the promised land. He wanted them to go in and taste the land that flowed with milk and honey. That was His desire. Unfortunately, their unbelief stopped them. Don't let your unbelief in the Word of God stop you from entering into His rest and letting there be an outflowing of works from your life. Not that you're striving, not that you're striving. This isn't about striving. This is about settling into His rest and letting the fruit of the Spirit flow out of you. So James talks about how without... Without faith, without, he says, faith without works is dead. He says that in James chapter 2, verse 20. Oh, vain man, he says. He actually says in verse 19, I actually find this so funny. I don't know if anyone else just reads the Bible sometimes and has a laugh, just me maybe. James chapter 2, verse 19, he says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. If all you've ever done with your Christian life is that you believe in God, congratulations. So do all the, like, all the devils. Like, great, you've made it this far. Like, that's a bit savage, but don't get angry at me. Let's take it up with James. This is the Word of God here. He's like, congratulations. But then he says, but faith. He says, won't you know, oh, vain man, that faith without works is dead. This isn't me telling you to do something. This isn't because you have to do something to please God. But would we labour to enter into the rest? Would we leave behind our old selves? Would we actually step away from the wilderness? Like we've already left Egypt. If you call yourself a Christian, you've actually already left Egypt. And now you have an option to believe God at His Word and step into the promised land. Or stay in the wilderness for 40 years. And you know what? The wilderness actually isn't that bad because God provided the manna from heaven. Hmm? What'd you say? If you're in the wilderness, right? Where if you feel like you're in a wilderness season and you're like, maybe that's me. Maybe you feel like I've left Egypt. I've come. I'm a child of God. I've taken him at his word. I call myself a Christian. I've showed up here tonight, right? Guess what? The children of Israel did not go without. Manna was provided for them. And it probably tasted really good because God cooked it Himself. Like, yum. That's like goals cooking, right? So that was probably really good food. But really, if you have the option, this is what I'm doing today. I'm giving you an option. It's like one of those Instagram polls. For those of you that don't have Instagram, literally a photo comes up and it's a question, would you rather? Then you have two options and you click one. Option one, stay in wilderness, eat manna for 40 years. Option two, promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. Like, what you clicking? (laughs) What are you guys clicking? Because most of them actually chose wilderness. And they missed out. They actually wandered around in circles until they all died. 
I'm not making this up. If you haven't read it, go check it out. It's actually like very entertaining. It's a good, good bedtime story. But jump in. Come on, guys. Let's think about it. Take one second before you click the answer on the poll. What are you choosing? Let's step into the promised land. Let's choose to enter the rest. And you're like, how do we enter the rest, Anna? Let me tell you. So excited. So excited. Let's go over to Galatians 5, please. If you're following along in your Bibles, let's learn a little bit more about what your two options are. Galatians 5.16 tells us that he says, this, is, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one, one to the other so that you can't do things that you would. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So these are the fruits of the flesh, I'm going to call them. Because we know the fruits of the Spirit. We'll look at those in a second. But these are the fruits of the flesh. So if you don't know that you are a spirit, you have a body, you live inside a body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And so this is talking about the difference between your soul or your flesh and your spirit, which is saved in Christ. Jesus. So the, the fruits of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, sed- uh, like just envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such of the lack, which I tell you, um, these things actually don't inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not going to go into all those things, but do you know one of them that I think is very common in our generation, if I can say that, like murder's not super common on the Northern Beaches, Um, but envy, envy, like, oh, I just like wish, I just can't believe she got that and I just like wish that was me, right? Oh, I'm just so envious, I'm just so jealous, I'm just so jealous. Is that coming out of our mouths, guys? Is that really what we're letting fall out of our mouths at the moment? Our words have life. You have a choice what comes out of your mouth. No one else is going to make you say anything. No one. No one else is going to make you say anything. Like when you're little, your mum's like mama and your dad's like dada. But like that's it. Like after that, it's like you can say whatever you want to say. But you have a choice. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. If you speak that over yourself, you'll just become a jealous person. And jealousy is, some, is a fruit of the flesh. Let's leave that behind. Let's choose, right, if we're Instagram poll, fruits of the flesh. They didn't sound so good. Let's have a look at the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That sounds good. Joy. Sounds good. Peace, yeah, are we enjoying this? Long-suffering or patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness or kindness, temperance or goodness, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. 
if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And Nick actually talked about crucifying the flesh, dying to that a few weeks ago. That's a choice as well. We actually can crucify the flesh. It sounds, it sounds more complicated than it is, but actually it's basics, it's building blocks. It's actually choosing to step away from being envious and choosing to step into love. But it's not a works thing. Again, this isn't like, oh, I've got to stop being jealous and I've got to love people. Or like, have you ever been to one of those dinner parties where you like everyone except that one person. You're like, please don't sit me next to that person. I really hope I'm not sitting next to that person because they really annoy me and my patience is just going to wear so thin if I sit next to that person. Okay, it, like none of you even blinked. It's just me. <laughs> but if you try to like, if you try to be less annoyed with someone, that it just doesn't work. You know, if you're like, I'm going to be so patient today, you probably won't be. So it's not actually like we've tried this, right? We've tried to make ourselves more peaceful and we've tried to push ourselves to love others and we've tried to be patient with that one person at work that is just like ridiculous. But <laughs> there is a way where you don't have to work for it. There's no striving. There's no striving. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. Thank you, Jesus. No one could get to heaven like, by, their, by works. No one, if you're wondering, could people really not get there? Read the Old Testament. No one could get there by works. Jesus had to come and save us all from our own sins, right? So thank you. None of you actually received salvation by anything you did except receiving it. Jesus did it all for us. So maybe that's how we can receive the next level. And that song's like, level up, level up, level up, level up. Yeah, yeah. So like, let's level up. Okay, so then literally a few minutes later in Galatians, in, in chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. God is not mocked. This is important, guys. Whatever you sow, you will reap. We know that from Jesus' teachings, and, and the Galatians reading this would have known from Jesus' teachings, that the sower sows what? What are we sowing? Words. If you don't know that, go look up Mark chapter 4. I'll plug myself. Go listen to my Spotify, the, the preach that literally says, so so is the word. We sow words. Our seed comes straight out of our mouth. So Jesus, he says, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Okay, what are our options for sowing? The next verse, verse 8. For he that sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. It's like, here we go, Instagram poll. Option one, corruption. Option two, everlasting life. How many seconds are you taking to decide this? Everlasting life is the answer. Um, I mean, choose corruption if you want to, but it, like God says in His Word to the Israelites so many times in Deuteronomy, He talks about, He says, I lay before you blessing and cursing. 
life and death. Choose life. It's not a trick. This isn't some sort of like trick quiz. You know those ones when you're younger and you're like, this is too easy. It's got to be wrong. Like in primary school, those quizzes and you're like, it's definitely like I've definitely got this wrong because it was too easy. No, this is actually that easy. He actually tells us the answer. I set before you life and death. Choose life. And then what does Proverbs say? Life and death are in the power of the what? The tongue. Your words. Your words are your seeds. So if you're choosing to reap everlasting life, how do you get it? By sowing words of life into the Spirit. What words, what words should we sow? The incorruptible seed, the Bible tells us, is the Word of God. This is it. If you're like, I don't know what words to say, just say His words because honestly, they're better than ours anyway. Right? Let's speak what God says over our situations. What are you facing today in the flesh What are you facing? Like just in yourself, just have a think. What are you facing? Tomorrow is Monday. What are you facing tomorrow? Find something in the Word. Find out what God says about it and speak life, seeds of life into that situation. In Hebrews 4.12, it says that the Word of God is a two-edged sword. So when we're speaking his word into our life. It's, and it says his word is a two-edged sword that actually divides the spirit and the flesh. Okay, so if you're feeling a bit too fleshy, I just feel so jealous. Maybe you're jealous of my cool shoes. Don't be. <laughs> but don't just, don't just be like, I'm going to not be jealous of stuff. Get his word into you and it will just fall away. It's not a striving thing. We don't have to like try to just get better at being a Christian. No, it takes practice. You don't just like magically go from what's the first belt? White? What's the last? Like karate belts. What? Black is the first. The, the, the top one's black. What's the first one? It's like pink or something, which is a much cooler color. All right. So you don't just all of a sudden become a black belt, but it's a practicing It's a practicing of sowing the Word of God into our lives. Sowing what God's Word says about every situation you're facing. And it's not like like you're going to have to try to be more patient. But let me tell you, patience will just flow from you. It will literally just flow from you. If you're constantly planting the seed of God's Word, if you're constantly letting the sword of the Word of God cut in and just cut away your flesh... It's, it, it would just be, it would just cut away and we'll just we'll just start walking in the spirit and the, it's do you know it is actually so beautiful to spend time with people who are just bearing the fruit of the spirit constantly those are the people we want to hang out with right and we can think of them someone who's like always happy who's joyful despite the circumstances someone who just carries peace with them Someone who's really patient when you're like, man, I'm so frustrated. How are you doing this? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. I'm just like, chill. I like to think that's like me, but maybe not. (laughs) 
But there's people, there's people who have a gym membership and you know they go to the gym. And they actually don't have to tell you that they go to the gym, but you can just see their strength. And they'll be like, oh, just, you know, just go for a run. Let's just go for a run. Let's do like 500 push-ups, like no big deal. But it's like you can see it. You can see their health. You can see it. And I think with Christians, like, should that not be us with the fruit of the Spirit? Shouldn't people just be able to see that there's a joy inside of us? That we carry a peace? That we're faithful, patient, loving. And then love has layers too because 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Ooh. No record of a suffered wrong. So if someone's wronged you and it's in the past, don't keep record of it. That's love. That's love. That's, that's big as well. I'm not saying stuff is easy or I'm a professional at it. Obviously, I like to think I'm a professional at it. But ask, again, ask Joyce to tell you I won't. I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> but this is like the goal, really, like the bearing the fruit of the Spirit and Jesus even talks about it in, um, in John chapter 15, right? He talks about abiding in Him. If you guys want to go there, I think this would be fun for us to look through for a little bit. And then I'll roll this up. Is this making sense? Okay, good. Because, guys, I want to be someone. I want to be someone that bears the fruit of the Spirit. But not from a place of striving. But from a place of, like, it just comes naturally. That my first reaction is to love someone. That my first reaction is to rejoice with them. That peace always comes into the room when I walk into the room. Not because of anything that I've done but because it's the Lord working through us, right? It's His love in us. We didn't earn salvation, we received it. Let's receive His fruit. Let's put off the flesh. Let's, let's let that fall away as we spend time in the Word. So in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the guy that is like the vine dresser. And every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he, he purges, purges that it may bring forth more fruit. It's not something that we do. That's what the Lord's doing in us. He's coming. He's taking away the fruit of the flesh. Just let it fall off as we spend time with him. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. We can't do it, we just can't do it alone. I don't know about you guys, I've tried to be patient, but it just doesn't work if I try in my own strength. But if I abide in Him and let His words abide in me, it just spills forth. It just becomes easy. It's just like, of course I'm going to be patient. 
what are my other options? You don't even remember that you have other options because that's the choice that you naturally want to make because you're walking in the Spirit. You're being led by the Spirit. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I want to be like that. In verse 8, he says this, Herein my Father is glorified that you would bear much fruit. When you love people well, when we're patient and kind, that's glorifying the Lord, right? Because we didn't create goodness. (laughs) We didn't just create love. I can't just create peace. But it's God's Word coming through me. And so if it comes from Him, He gets the glory, right? Corruption or life everlasting? Those are your choices. So to the flesh or so into the spirit? God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. I'm saying to you guys this evening, that we have a choice to do something with what God's given us. You've received salvation. Let's go from not just being hearers of the Word, but let's do something with our faith. And James talks about it's going out. It's going out and loving people. But don't go out in your own strength. Don't go and change the, try and change the world. If Bray just hopped on a plane and went to Africa, yeah, God would use him, but God would use him. God would use him. He's not going to get people saved in his own right. It's God that works in and through us. When you spend time in his word and you let it shape you and change you and you spend time sowing this into, your, into yourself, like sow it into yourself. Read it and sow it into yourself. If you're not sure where to start, get one of the apps And then it has like little boxes at the top. The one I have, I can show you. And it says it has like, it has a range of verses for joy and for love and for peace and for healing and things that we just, like, we just need, like we need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Like how much better is life when you're actually running full pace and you just are like, just running in the Spirit and it's so good and things are easy. That's God's desire for us. And if you're like, no, God wanted the Israelites to be in the wilderness for 40 years. No, He didn't. Yes, He wanted them out of Egypt, but He wanted them to go straight in. It's not a very long walk from Egypt to the promised land. They didn't have to wander in circles. They didn't go that far. They just literally laps, laps of Forestville for 40 years instead of going out to Manly Beach and hopping in for a swim. If you're enjoying the manor in the wilderness, like that's fine, but I want to hop into the promised land. I want to jump into the fruit bearing, the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Let's leave behind like, oh, it's so annoying. That's so annoying. I'm so jealous. Let's walk into like, hey, how good was God? Hey, did you watch the game this morning? But not the game, but like, hey, did you read in James this morning? Oh my goodness. Oh, yes, so good. What are our conversations? Let's find people. Let's grab someone who's like-minded and let's grab them and say like, hey, 
Let's get into the Word. Let's sow the Word into each other. And let's see that fruit bear. Let's grab someone and, hey, can you pray with this for me? Yeah, come on. This is family. This is family. Family doesn't slam the door and say, deal with it yourself. You're on your own for this one. Family says, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah? Yeah? Are we family? Do we all want to, you know, click the Instagram poll of life everlasting, bearing fruit in the spirit? Yeah? Because I do. And honestly, like I prefer to do it with you guys and not alone. And I feel like this is what, this is back, this is just back to, just back to basics. Like it's not some sort of crazy theology, I hope. Like it's just the word. It's just what the word says. We just want to step away from flesh and we want to hop into fruit of the Spirit. How are we going to do it? By what we sow, God's not mocked. He says, whatever you sow, you'll reap. Let's sow, let's choose to sow into the Spirit. What are we sowing? The Word. What Word? This one. His Word. The Word of God. God had something to say to you, sat you down, and He has something to say to you, it's probably a good idea that we listen. Yeah? He's said everything He needs to say already, and it's in the pages of this book. It's really important that we find out what God is saying, guys and girls. It's really important. It would change your life, really. It, would cha- it changes your life when you take hold of what His Word says and you sow it into yourself. Because guess what? No one else is going to do it. And even if you just listen to me preach tonight and you're like, well, Anna sowed some seeds of the Word into you. Yeah, that's good. But just because you ate breakfast today doesn't mean you don't need to eat breakfast tomorrow. Right? And Lani, you said it this morning. You said just as much as we feed our, our bodies, we need to feed our spirit. And you feed your body all the time, three meals a day, unless you're intermittent fasting. But we definitely shouldn't be intermittent fasting from the Bible. Pick it up. If you're willing to spend an hour cooking yourself dinner, why is it so hard to spend an hour finding something for your spirit to eat? We need to feed our spirits. Otherwise, we're sending them to the gym without a protein shake. And he's not going to get that strong if we don't feed ourselves. I've tried it. I've tried running without on an empty stomach, guys, and I don't get far. And some of you can run quite a while on an empty stomach, but you can't do a marathon. And this life in Christ is not a sprint. It's a marathon and we need all the fuel that we can get. And we don't want to eat off each other's plates. Right? Just because Joy had a good revelation about something and she shared it with me, yes, that encourages me, but that shouldn't be my meal that day. We need to find out what His Word says for you and we actually just need to to eat it ourselves. We need to read it. We actually just like, that's it. If you take anything home today, read your Bible. More. You're like, I read my Bible. Read it more. 
because it will show. And there are people in this building that I know that they read their Bibles and I know they spend time in prayer, not because they've told me, but because I see it in their life. I see the fruit of it in their life and I get to eat of the fruit. Because when I spend time with them, I actually get to enjoy the peace that they've received from the Lord. I actually get to enjoy their joy. I get to enjoy their love. How good is that if we're all coming and we're all bearing so much fruit that we all like it to enjoy the fruit that each other are bearing? That sounds good to me. All right, I'm definitely done. Sorry. Yeah, that was a bit savage. I'm sorry. I feel like I yelled at you. If you want to listen to me yell some more, we can hang out afterwards. Um, <laughs> is that okay, guys? I just think if this was an Instagram poll and it was like fruits of the flesh v fruits of the spirit, like we're all clicking that one, right? The poll's not going to be like 50-50. It's going to be like 100-0. We're all showing up. We all signed up. We all got a membership. Because we want to see God move in our lives. We want to bring something. We want to bring something. We want to step from being hearers only into doers. Because when we're bearing so much fruit, we have so much to give. Braid's not going to be much of a blessing in Africa if he doesn't spend any time getting to know the Lord and what his word says. Right? And it's not helpful if we're going out into our non, non-Christian families, non-Christian, pre-Christian family, pre-Christian friend groups, and we're not bearing any fruit because they're going to start wondering why you talk such a big talk about this God of yours and they see absolutely no fruit in your life. Why have Christians gotten such a bad rap? Why? Because we forgot to spend time abiding And we weren't bearing fruit. Do you guys want to just, I don't know, stand up? I think we've got to worship the Lord (laughs) for a minute. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, guys, just close your eyes and just lift up your hands and worship God who sent His Son, Jesus, to save you. Because we couldn't do it ourselves. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're so good, God. That your mercy endures forever. Lord, I thank You that Your banner over us is love. The Word says that His banner over you is love. Wow, that's so beautiful. His banner over you is love. God, I thank You that You want us to step into the promised land. Lord, that You wouldn't have us walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. The time has come, family, harvest time family, the time has come for us to step out of the wilderness and just hop into the promised land.
And it starts with a decision for you guys to choose to come back and abide and abide in His Word and let His Word abide in you. It's a choice. And we can all make it together because, wow, I'd love to do this with you guys. Thank You, Lord. God, we love You. We lift Your name high. Lord, I just, I just come to You right now and I just surrender my time to You, God. I want to spend more time seeking Your presence and spending time in Your Word than I spend on Netflix. Lord, I want to spend more time praying for my friends than gossiping about my friends. Lord, I want to leave behind talking about people behind their backs and I want to pick up praying for people's salvation. God, I want to see the fruit of the Spirit come to fruition in my life. Lord, I want to leave behind the fruit of the flesh. And Lord, just as we sung earlier, that we surrender all to You, our precious Saviour. I just want to come again and say, I surrender to You, God, tonight. I surrender my time to You. I surrender my agenda to You. The plans that I have for my own life, I surrender those to You, Lord. And I say, come have Your way. And if you guys want to spend time and just just tell the Lord, tell the Lord, if you want to make a decision now to spend more time in His presence, tell Him. He wants you to choose life. He wants you to choose blessing. Thank you.